From Relay FM, this is Download, recorded Thursday, January the 11th, 2018. This is episode number 37, Robot, Hold My Beer. Welcome to Download, a weekly look at the most interesting stories in the world of technology and other stuff you care about, especially if what you care about is the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. I'm Jason Snell, your host. Uh, with me, and you did a huge amount of work putting the show together, wading into the uh, treacherous waters of CES coverage, Stephen Hackett, Download producer. Hi, Stephen. Hello, Jason. Thankfully, I did it all the safety of my own home. I did not have to go las vegas no Not that's that committed that, that's that's good because uh we still have our health joining us uh to talk about what came out of las vegas uh this week that sounded that sounded kind of frightening which was what came from las vegas totally intentional uh you heard a micah Sargent from uh, the clockwise podcast and other podcasts and and uh mobile nations and imore and all sorts of other things hi micah hi i've got my my hands are gripping the table they're a little white knuckled because i don't know how much time i have like we got to get through this right stop watching the clock micah this show has no clock i know just for today you can stop watching the clock now when we were looking for other guests to be on download uh as we started the podcast micah suggested somebody who turned out to be a really great guest and she's back this time it's leah becerra from the kansas city star hello hey thanks for having me back Welcome back. I hear it's a snow day in uh, Kansas City, so good for you. Go sledding later or something? Hopefully not. All right. I don't know. It's, I don't know what, how snow you works. You don't know snow. How do you do snow? I have no idea what that is about. Um, okay. This week, it is the CES cage match. Many stories leave. Nobody exits. <laughs> <laughs> um okay what what what's going on so ces 2018 is among other things ground zero in the war of voice assistance eventually there will be no uh people left alive on planet earth only voice assistants <laughs> talking um, to each other they, <laughs> forever <laughs> until the end of time solar powered voice assistants google i know right it's like can you imagine aliens will come uh and they'll find the dead that there's nobody left the ruins of our civilization and at some point in the alien language that we can't even imagine as human beings they will say something that sounds vaguely like the word alexa (laughs) and the whole world will just explode because of the vibrations of the audio across the entire world it will just shatter the earth that's our science fiction story in in this week's edition of download that's not going to be a regular feature we're not going to do a short science fiction story every week just this week (laughs) congratulations everybody um google amazon squared off against each other samsung has bixby which also exists uh (laughs) apple doesn't participate in ces so siri is nowhere to be found uh among the interesting stories this week about voice assistants uh, alexa showing up in cars uh they're, they're also in windows pcs so you'll be able to say in some cars you'll be able to say stuff like Hey, lady, turn on the windshield wipers. In other cars, you won't, but you will be able to, like, say, turn open my garage door or something like that and have it go out over the Internet and do that. There's also going to be an Alexa app, apparently, for uh, for Windows, thereby horning in on Cortana's territory so that they could get into an argument right on your computer, which will be really exciting. And <laughs> Samsung announced that Bixby is going to be part of every device samsung makes so i suppose refrigerators and televisions and whatever else um okay the the voice assistant apocalypse uh cage match what does everybody think of uh of of where we are with voice assistants right now micah well i think firstly i'm going to tattoo the name a-L-E-X-A on my hand so that way even if I don't wow. have a car that can turn on the windshield wipers I can say it and then use my hand to do it and it'll just be like the exact same thing mm. right um, mm. after I've corrected all those issues uh, I'm gonna have to say that it looks to me like uh, Amazon's assistant is is pulling out ahead um, I think Amazon did a fantastic job of really laying the base for developers and also sort of buttering them up as much as possible I signed up for the developer program a long time ago just because I wanted to get early access to some of the fun stuff and and peer into the voice service and if it wasn't every day then it was every other day that I was getting uh, emails saying hey we'll give you a free shirt if you 
make a skill for ALEXA. Hey, we'll give you $100 of free cloud storage if you make this for, for ALEXA. So it certainly seems as though the company uh, did what it needed to do to sort of secure a bunch of developers and then also draw in some some big companies. So it's pretty easy, it seems, to add the Alexa voice service to your <laughs> to your products, whatever they happen to be, cars, PCs, etc. Leah, what do you think? Where 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 are we with uh, voice assistance now? Everywhere? You know, <laughs> gosh, I hope not. That'd be terrifying. But, you know, every single year that I've gone to CES, I felt like a lot of the products there are just, you know, for show. They're usually in beta. They're not something that are going to make it to production. Totally. So when I hear about Alexa being in a car, I think to myself, you know, is this necessary? No, <laughs> not really. Um, is it for show? Probably, but they're probably going to do it. And I just, I don't see um, Alexa turning on my wiper blades really being that much better than me just flicking it on myself. You know what I With mean? With your tattoo, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Well, I just had this horrifying thought of like a little kid in the back seat instead oh, of the no. dad saying, well, "Let's turn this car around." It's the <laughs> the little the little gal or boy who says, uh, "Haley XA, turn this car around," and then there's an accident. Hey, lady, throw on the emergency brakes. <laughs> oh boy, I, I think I'm more optimistic than than the three of you about this because. Voice systems have been in cars for a long time. So I have a 2014 Toyota, and the Toyota's uh, heavily featured in these stories about this. And the voice assistant that's in the car itself, it's very basic, right? I can tell it to call people or call a number. That's about it. And it's really bad. And I don't ever use it because it's frustrating. It's it's actually just easier for me to reach down and trigger Siri on my phone. Um, And so I see... The possibilities here are like, yes, some of it's silly, like you should not turn off the windshield wipers. But if you need to interact with your, you know, your environmental system or your entertainment system, doing it by voice, if it works and it's good, is way safer than, you know, reaching over and filling with knobs or a touchscreen. And so that part I'm excited about. I want to see how they how they integrate with some of those those entertainment features and, you know, heating and cooling and that sort of thing. Uh, but at the same time, the, the other thing I think about here is, you know, what happens if there's a problem and they need to have an update for it? You know, right now, mm-hmm. these these car, you know, cars without cellular service, the only way to have like a software update is to go to the dealership and they plug a thing in and it uploads. And I've been through that with my car. So um, these assistants require a connection to the Internet, though. So I'm imagining right. that all mm-hmm. these announcements about um, assistants in cars mean you're also going to be paying oh, for whatever no. they're like five Probably. or $10 a yeah. month in car. You got car. your wearable charge. You got your tablet charge. You got your car charge. Car. By the time it's yeah. all through, you're paying just as much for that as you are your phone. Right. Ugh. Yeah. But that, that may open the door for them to evolve this over time. So like, there's pros and cons all over the place. Um, but if it gets car companies out of the voice assistant game, then I'm fine with it because car companies have been really bad at it historically. So That's as, a good point. As much as we're having fun uh, with uh, with voice assistants in cars, especially, um, and what would what couldn't be fun more fun than that, right? Uh, <laughs> but the well, let's let play Jeopardy in the car. Uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna make a counter argument, which is that the it's sort of jumping off of what Stephen said. The infotainment systems, and that's what they call them. The in other words not the windshield wiper and the shifter and all of that but like your car radio and stuff that stuff is so bad in every car like even the good interfaces are bad um and a lot of them now are touch screen so you've got to look at the screen in order to navigate and i thought to myself would i trade the infotainment systems in my cars right now for a uh for a voice assistant that was as capable as the one in my house like uh, let's let's say the echo 
Okay. And I, I think the answer is yes. I think it would be better. I think I would rather say, hey, car, <laughs> preferably with the, like Knight Rider's voice, hey, car, <laughs> um, turn it to XM Alt Nation, or hey, car, I, I need to listen to the AM radio, or hey, car, play that playlist on my iPhone that's connected by Bluetooth, rather than the ridiculous kind of, maybe, I don't know, maybe you've got a good car interface, but the interfaces in my cars are bad. They're they're lousy. And so, I don't know, I kind of see the appeal. I mean, I I admit this is also kind of the cars, car companies using this as marketing, and they're also kind of like punting on their infotainment stuff, being like, wow, we don't even know how to control a radio, so talk to it. But at the same <laughs> time, would it be better than these terrible car interfaces? I think in most cases, yes. So, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That's a good point. I I, act, I have to agree with you um, there. I think that uh, if I could have that same sort of interactivity that I've begun to, to know and trust uh, that I can expect from the spot that sits behind me in, in my office or the, the echo that's in my living room or the dot that's in my bedroom, like those are in those different places. And I keep adding more because I've been able to trust that they do what I want them to do. Uh, And so having that set up in in the vehicle would be nice. Um, Interestingly, I hadn't used uh, CarPlay for forever. And, uh, like I'd, I'd never had a chance to use it. And I finally, um, had to get a rental car not too terribly long ago and it was a newer car. So it had CarPlay built in and Siri built into CarPlay and some of the functionality that's offered there, I found to be so much better than any sort of over Bluetooth communication, or as Steven was talking about earlier, those really terrible, um, voice assistants like Ford has built Built in. Now that said, again, I don't think it compares to a full featured voice interface. And I would love to just have, like, we're so close to having that future where we can communicate in, in the ways that we want to without having to sort of develop our, to, 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 to piece together what command we're about to issue. Like there's still a couple cognitive cycles that we have to spin up to figure out exactly what we want to say. And sometimes we can sort of get there if we, you know, get in certain words, but you're still thinking about it. Whereas if I, uh, am, am driving and instead of, uh, instead of the Amazon assistant, I can just say, Hey, Shane, can you turn up the volume on this? Or Hey, Shane, can you change this? Because I hate this stupid song then now those to be fair probably would work with with one of those devices but there are some things like oh my ear itches and also i need you to pull the emergency brake because we're sliding i don't know there there are ways that Mm -hmm. i think that uh that these assistants would be better to 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 be used in the car to where you're not sort of when you know it's going to fail you end up just using your hand anyway mm. which is where things are now it seems you know i kind of wonder if people are going to um in the future maybe make a decision on the type of car they buy based on the google or sorry the assistant that they prefer that was yeah. not a freudian slip at all um <laughs> i'm just i have this thought because so the news is about um, Alexa being in Toyota and Lexus models. I have a Toyota. I love it. Um, but they've got Google and the Kia models. And what if my thought is, well, I have Google stuff at home. So maybe I wanted my car to too bad. That's not what Toyota bought into. That kind of seems limiting to me. And it seems like I would totally, totally be the person who would be at home talking to one assistant and then I would get in the car and forget which assistant I was supposed to be talking to and then mess it up every Mm -hmm. time. And then it wouldn't turn out to be that useful and more of a frustration. They changed that name for that car brand. Now, when you get in, you you say Alexis, (laughs) because it's Alexis. I, I, I'll, I'll get my cup. done with you. <laughs> um, also, Android Auto and and CarPlay is the same sort of thing, which is like, can you imagine a world where you end up buying a car based on what its phone compatibility is? It's your car is now an, a, a smartphone accessory, but I I think car makers can't imagine that either, which is why eventually. 
I, I feel like they're going to they're going to gravitate toward as much compatibility as possible just because they don't want to turn away everybody who's got an iPhone or everybody who's got Android. Um, but for the assistants, that's a question is, are people going to feel as strongly about, oh, well, we are a, we are a, an Alexa house versus we are no, we are a, a Google assistant house. Uh, mm-hmm. So therefore, we must extend that to the car. I don't know if people will feel that. I, I sort of do. <laughs> Honestly, with my Amazon Echoes, I kind of do feel like comfortable with them in a way that I might not with a different assistant. I don't know. Uh, I that same way. I have you know gotten a certain amount of comfort that I think a different voice and again a different vocabulary uh, would th- throws things off. And I think that because of the way that humans communicate and the way that we form connections with uh, even. Uh, objects that we know or, or or entities that we know aren't actually human the way that we form those connections like we have to build trust with new devices and new services in the same way that we do with humans and so if you don't have that that same level of trust you might be less keen on you know taking advantage of what it's capable of doing well uh the one other piece of assistant news that i'll get out now which is that uh google is actually um going to sort of take on the Echo Show, which is Amazon's product that has a display attached to it with like third-party hardware that's integrating uh, displays and integrating Google Assistant. Um, The advantage here is that it works with YouTube, which, of course, Google is fighting with Amazon about on the the Echo. Um, I think it's interesting, though, that this is not hardware made by Google. Like, Google is not getting into the manufacturing its own uh, assistant hardware with screen so maybe they're hedging their bets a little bit there but it just keeps on going right like everything is uh, remember how we we talked about like everything was going to be internet of things and everything was going to have a touch screen apparently everything is going to have a little voice that listens and talks to you too so that's just that's just life life in the 21st century i guess uh or until the aliens come and talk <laughs> accidentally activate all of our devices all right let's take a break there are we, we have a lightning round of ces stories coming up but uh first believe it or not i have a, a sponsor for you which is that this episode of download brought to you in part by squarespace enter offer code download fm at checkout and you'll get 10 percent off your first purchase make your next move with squarespace squarespace is a company that lets you easily create a website for your next idea that website can have a unique domain you can use squarespace's award-winning templates and much more you want to create an online store or a portfolio for your work or a blog or a podcast or really whatever you can conceive of you can go to squarespace they're an all-in-one platform they will let you do everything that you can conceive of you don't have to install software you don't have to patch the server when a scary server or a security issue comes up squarespace takes care of all of that you don't have to upgrade your hosting software squarespace does all of that all you have to do is build your website and run it and do your thing they have award-winning 24 7 customer support so if you ever do get hung up at any point there will be somebody that you can reach to get you the help you need Um, they let you quickly and easily grab a domain name whatever you want the name of your project to be they can find a domain for you and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed to show off your great ideas squarespace plans start at 12 dollars a month and you can start a trial without even giving them your credit card by going to squarespace.com if you do decide to sign up after you try it and are amazed uh, please use the offer code download fm you will get 10 percent off your first purchase we We'll have Squarespace knowing that you like Download, which makes us happy. Thank you, Squarespace, for your support of Download and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Moving on to the lightning round. Uh, I'm interested in what all of you have to think about these stories. Uh, TVs, there's always TVs. Remember when they were 3D TVs? Those are, forget them, forget that, forget that. There are no <laughs> more 3D TVs. 88-inch um, 8K TV from LG. That's entirely impractical. <laughs> that's that's a really good way of putting it, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's a great uh, story I read on, I think, The Verge uh, about how there's no content for 8K TVs. Uh, even 4K content, has, which is there's very little of, would have to be scaled up for it. But this is one of those things where the manufacturer, in this case LG, is like, look at what we can make. Nobody needs it. Nobody wants it. But we are awesome because we made this thing, which is part of CES. Um, they also had another LG demo which was a 4k tv that 
can be rolled up into its base, which I don't know, as somebody who has seen um, projector screens, right? Somebody installs like a, an HD projector and they've got a screen on their wall and they've got a little box at the top and the screen kind of comes down and then it rolls back up. This is kind of like that in reverse where you got a little box on a table or something and a TV comes out of it. It just kind of whoop, just rolls, rolls up. Um, I don't know. That might actually have some use. So I'm more excited about that, I suppose. Um, sometimes the concepts in a TV uh, at CES are things that roll out to people. And other times it is ridiculous and nobody will ever use it. So what about this year? What, uh, what, what is true? Where is television going? Steven, uh, you, you built the lightning round. You tell me. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. The, the 8K panel, like part of CES is the sort of concept car idea, right? That yeah. we have the technology to build this. The world is not ready yet. Like I have no <laughs> doubt at some point we will be at 8K, but we're not there today. We're barely at 4K. Uh, this is something that they wanted to show off. I'm sure it's incredible. It's also 88 inches, which is enormous. Uh, but I, I, I agree with you, Jason. I think the roll up deal, again, I don't know how practical it is or if it's ever going to make it you know, to the market, let alone be mainstream. But one thing they showed on that is that they could, in extending it at different points, you could effectively change the ratio of the screen. And so if you have some like really wide content, you scroll it down some and it, and it fits nicely. So it gives you some flexibility. And I could see things like this being, you know, especially once it's smaller. I mean, right now the box that it goes into looks like a like a deep freezer. But at yeah. some point, when it's small, or like can go into you know um, a credenza, or even up into the wall or something, you don't always want your TV out. And this could be something that is, um, you know, helpful in those sorts of situations. So I'm more excited about it. Um, I mean, this the straight up nerd in me loves the 8K, but that's, I mean, that's like, come back in 10 years, come back in five years when we get there, we're not there yet, but, um, they have to have a halo car, right? They have to have the thing that everyone draws drop. And I think, I think this year, the 8K TV is probably it. (sighs) Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it's, it's certainly there to be the, the spectacle, but I mean, uh, according to that Verge article, there was a 98 inch, uh, 8K model back in 2016. Um, so it's, it's sort of, not surprising, except for the fact that, you know, this was an OLED TV. Yeah, it's super fancy OLED. Somebody said you can't see the, the pixels. You'd hang this on your wall and then put art on it, and people would say, oh, there's art on your wall, but except not because it's got a huge frame and it's a giant TV. Yeah. If you look behind, there's no projector because it's not a projector. <gasps> um, oh, yes. Gasp. I have to say, so the 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 nerdy slash minimalist person inside of me friggin and i know friggin is not something a minimalist would say but here i am a friggin loves the idea of a roll-up television i love the idea of being able to tuck away a tv like if there's anything i ever learned by spending many of my middle and high school years watching hgtv it's that you cannot make your television the the uh center display in your living room like that's not supposed to be the focal point and so if i could secret make it the focal point by letting it roll away whenever I'm done with it, and then have this beautiful piece of art uh, of the world being cracked to pieces by space invaders who said A-L-E-X-A, then that would be fantastic. I think that a roll-up TV also, as, as Stephen noted, with the ability to sort of shrink down and change its aspect ratio, that's it's so cool. I can't wait. I, I, I'm really excited about that. I love the the TVs at CES every single year. Like even if they're not huge and 8K, I love them. The displays are gorgeous. So when I saw the video of this 8K TV, I mean, of course, I don't need it. And there's nothing out there that really supports it. But I was like, that's so cool. I can't wait to have that someday. Um, but that being said, the roll-up TV, I'm definitely a fan of. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I first saw the demo where they were just switching it to the different aspect ratios, my first thought was, I really want that, and I want to watch The Hateful Eight on it immediately, because that <laughs> movie was shot in 70-millimeter film, so it's really like thin and long. That TV would be so perfect to watch that movie. Um 
And it makes so much sense, too, from a practical standpoint, because they actually, in one of the demos that they did, they shrunk it down even further so that you were just kind of using it as a heads-up display almost, and it was just displaying the weather. You know, I would totally do that. It's it's a little unnecessary, but I like the ability to make the TV actually do multiple things, so not just display a movie, um, not just display a 70-millimeter movie, but be able to use it as, you know, something else that um, maybe I'm not even sure what that is yet. I uh, did a little math here on the back of an envelope, by the way, and that uh, that 88-inch 8K TV, that's 11 inches per K. Just throwing it out there. Whoa. Um, the, uh, I, you know, the status on a little thin version of it and then like sliding it up a little bit for super widescreen and sliding it up further for uh, 16 by 9. I mean, heck, they should make one that's all the way up to 4 by 3 and it just keeps getting taller. But um, I, that feels a little bit to me like... Uh, trying to find other reasons why you'd need a roll-up TV. I'm not sure whether it is that big a deal. I start to think about like, well, yeah, but then my TV is lower when I'm watching widescreen stuff. Then I, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical of that, but I do like the idea, um, like Micah said, of more ways to get the TV to not be as visible. I mean, there back it, back in the CRT days, right? There was every kind of credenza possible was invented to hide your television in. And then people would come over and go, oh, did you used to be a pirate? You have a giant trunk in the middle of your house. And it's like, no, it's the television, right? And that's not, but this is the dream. And getting the TVs out of our way when we're not watching them is, uh, I think, something to be uh, strived for. And I, I'm excited to see uh, that we can kind of roll up a TV like a scroll now. So like a, like a map. That's uh, great. Um, here's something else that I, I think you all might find interesting. Uh, Razer, the maker of gaming keyboards primarily, but a bunch of other stuff too. Um, they showed off a laptop chassis that is you use their phone, their Razer phone, and you snap the phone into where the trackpad should be. And the screen of the laptop lights up and is being driven by the phone and the phone becomes the trackpad. Now, this is not the first time I think Samsung did this at one point. Um, is does the one true device like i mean everybody carries a smartphone smartphones are incredibly powerful you know is this the way things are going where you just kind of have your one device brain and you snap it into wherever you need it to go or is this uh ridiculous what do you think uh my vote is ridiculous uh, because I, I thought so what we're so close we're so close to uh, a few, well, not so close, but we're getting to a future in which the snapping and the physical and all that jazz does, and all that jazz doesn't even matter because we'll be able to, you know, be wearing glasses or I don't know, all the way down to contacts and future, future, where we're seeing these, uh, these screens and things like that in augmented space and, and virtual space in some cases. And so to, to have this sort of in between that's so clunky and so uh, it's it's like cumbersome and it doesn't look good and a trackpad that can just be a trackpad i would have to imagine works better than a trackpad that also has to be a phone and other a bunch of other things i i don't see the point of it i think it's an interesting in-between measurement, but we've kind of had these deals for quite a while where you could plug in your phone into uh, an HDMI, a mini HDMI, and then you have like a big screen and you can use that. It's it's old old school tech almost, if, if I could even say that. It seems sort of dated whenever we're getting to an augmented reality future. So I'm very meh about this whole thing. And also, I'm not big on the, again, the clunkiness of it. It's just, it seems inelegant. I completely agree. But I think that um, one of the reasons that I think it's dated is because the laptop industry is changing in such a way right now where there are a lot of consumers who are replacing their laptops with um, tablets. So why would I spend money incorporating my phone into essentially a laptop shell 
when I, I'm not even sure if I want another laptop or I would rather just use an iPad Pro as my main computer. Now, I don't personally want to do that. I actually love my laptop, but I, I see this happening. And, you know, I think of that Apple commercial with the little girl who is so stylish. Gosh, every single time I see that, I think, God, that little girl has more style than I do. But um, <laughs> she's she's on her iPad and she's in the backyard and this woman asks her like, oh, what are you doing on your computer? And the little girl's like, what's a computer? Because she's on a tablet and she doesn't know what a computer is. So I, I think of that and I, I see that happening in the schools because a lot of kids are getting tablets to do their homework on and things like that. And I just don't see a device like this being successful, especially in the long run. Steven, I've got a great uh, accessory idea. It's going to be a million dollar idea, you and me. Okay, you ready? Okay. You ready? I'm ready? Okay, it's a uh, it's like a, a plasticky thing. It looks like metal, but it's actually cheap plastic. And you snap an iPad into the top of it, and you snap an iPhone into where the trackpad is. And mm. there's maybe some kind of keyboard, and then you pretend it's a laptop, but it's actually just a phone <laughs> and a tablet. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think we should probably should workshop it a little bit. Okay, um, <laughs> all right, fine. I, I, I agree with y'all that this this idea feels a little late. Like if this was ever going to be a thing. It needed to happen before two and ones were popular, and you know, Razor. They, I mean, um, they they make notebooks. They make a lot of stuff, and by all accounts, their notebooks are good. I think the yeah. reviews on their phone are a little bit mixed, but they're trying things. And this this is a another one of those CES stories that is a little bit of a concept. They have not said this is going to come to market. Um, Classic CES Pro- Project Linda. They're still using the code name, so. Who knows if it's real, but I, I do I do tend to think that this may be cool and they may do it better than anyone, but I just don't think the idea is one that's going to have legs. I mean, I, I don't think we even need to wait for Micah's future of glasses and or contact lenses to say that like when uh, when the first car uh, interfaces came out, like CarPlay and Android Auto, they were all like, you must connect it with a wire. And over the last couple of years, they've all kind of shifted to, oh, you can just, we'll just stream everything with Bluetooth. And I start to think, this is, this is the problem with connecting your smartphone by snapping it into somewhere. It's like, just make a laptop. Also, by the way, this isn't even like good. This doesn't even go back as far as Samsung. It goes back as far as Palm. Palm oh, yeah. at one point had <laughs> the, uh, the Folio, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, and they they canned it right before it came out. Yeah, and it didn't sad. it didn't ever ship. But it was like a laptop, and the whole idea was you just connected your uh, your Palm. Uh, phone to this thing you tethered it basically and then you could work on it like it was a laptop even though it was kind of coming from the other device you do that with wireless now like if this was a thing that people really wanted to do you could make like a an empty shell laptop and then just have your phone drive it wirelessly i think but the problem is at that point why not just have a laptop you've built a laptop with no brain in it wouldn't it be nicer if it actually had a brain in it on top of everything else and then stuff just synced in the cloud or whatever when you go from device to device and that's that's the like chain of like it's a cool idea but then i start to say but you could do this and you could do this and then why don't you do this and oh we're back to just everybody has the device that they need for the right time and like use a laptop when you want to use a laptop use a tablet when you want to use a tablet i don't know good luck to them Good luck, Linda. Um, whoever you are, wherever you are. Robots. There are many robots at CES. We should talk about robots. Um, there is a robot that is... Well, no, I should intro this story more appropriately, which is um, there's a robot that can fold your clothes. It was there last year and not shipping for $850. I believe it's there again this year, not shipping, but they say it's now like $970 or something. So in the intervening year, it hasn't shipped. It's been simplified. They no longer add perfume to your clothes. What is going on? And, are they doing demos this year? And they year, raise the price. They are apparently doing demos, but you and it's like it, the robot doesn't just like go into a basket and pick out your clothes and go, ooh, this is really dirty. It it uh, You have to like snap it into a holder or something, but then it folds your clothes. Um, so that's one robot. And, uh, and so one robot says, I can fold clothes. And the other robot says, hold my beer. <laughs> because it's a robot that will go get you a can or out of the refrigerator or apparently straighten up your house, which is called Aeolus and recognizes thousands of items and will just wander around your house 
putting your items back where they belong, fighting entropy, vacuuming, and yes, they will get you a beer. Apparently, this thing will get you a beer if uh, if you want. And they say it will be on sale by the end of the year. That's not going to happen. That's and cost happen. cost less than twenty thousand dollars, which oh. is <laughs> oh, man. I need a little more specificity there. So anyway, robots are out there. Uh, they, they will get you a get you a beer, um, but you won't have any money to buy beer at that point. Stephen, what what's the future of robots? And not, this not these things. <laughs> <laughs> the the folding mate is really my my favorite because I you know if if you if you close your eyes and you think about a laundry folding robot, you picture you know a robot that can go around and like you said get things out of the hamper and maybe take things out of the dryer and fold them up. Not one that you have to very carefully line up the shirts. So it knows where right. the seams are. That's what Not I don't want to do is, is, is stack yeah. my laundry and line it up it's, and pre-fold it so that the robot can fold yeah. it. So, Jason, I have an idea for you now. You pitched me an idea. Okay. I'm going to pitch you an idea. All right. I'm listening. I would say that maybe this thing is not a robot. Maybe it's just some sort of machine. So I think there should be some sort of podcast. I don't have time to host it, so you'll have to find somebody else to oh, do this uh, with. Oh, I- I- intriguing. Um, where you could decide if things were robots or not. <laughs> so I'm going to count, I'm give you a counter argument, which is if folding mate requires me to sort of like pick out the individual clothes that fit and snap them into a holder and then it folds them. I think there's a real opportunity here for a robot that picks things out of a basket and snaps them into the folding mate thing. <laughs> oh my lord, a folding mate mate. Yeah, yeah, a little helper, yeah. a helper robot. Yeah, are we not taking robots seriously enough? I don't know, Leah. What do you think about these robots? <laughs> You know, the uh, the Aeolus robot kind of reminds me of it. It like wants to be Rosie, the robot from the Jetsons, but it's it's not nearly there yet. Clearly, Um, I don't really know if I feel comfortable with a robot in my home, though. That would be doing chores that I can totally do. Like, I'm one of those people who can't even fathom paying another human being to come into my room to come into my home and clean it so so spending you know upwards of twenty thousand dollars on a robot to do it seems completely crazy to me i guess um so i don't know if you guys watched the video either of this this robot roaming around the house but there's a point where you know, I'm not sure if the cat was supposed to be a real cat in the demo, but um, the robot's going through the living room and there's like this little cat stuffed animal on the ground and the robot like bends over and it puts its like clamp hand around the cat and picks it up. And I'm like, oh no, the robot's going to pick up my cat and just terrify it. This is a horrible thing. Yeah, it's the it's the dystopia. It's finally arrived where the robots are putting cats in their place. No, no cat. The robot says, "You stay here." <laughs> but cat's not going to do that. Mike, what robot are you buying? <sighs> you know, in a perfect world, I would have a folding mate that actually folds my clothes without having me do any part of it. I love <laughs> washing and drying clothes. I love cleaning out the little the, the dust stuff that collects in that dust catchy dealy, like throwing away the, the, the dryer lint. Lint drawer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that is so much fun. But I hate, hate, hate folding clothes. So much so that I went to uh, Walmart, which for anyone who doesn't know is a department store. Some of you who might listen to this might not know that. And spent a boatload of money on just a bunch of hangers and like save for, uh, you know, underwear and and socks and uh, white T-shirts that go under other clothes. Everything else I have hangs up on a hanger in closets so that I don't have to fold anything because I hate folding stuff so much. So when I first heard about the Foldy Mate, I was pumped that there was finally going to be like, I probably would have been the ridiculous person who would spend some stupid amount of money, not $20,000 or anything like that, but uh, some stupid amount of money on this robot that would fold my clothes for me and also perfume them, doggone it, what happened to that? But this is not what I was expecting. So again, it's one of those things where I just have to wait uh, some more years for them to come out with a, a real deal system. As far as the having the the thing that comes into your house and can give you cans and clean up. 
I love the idea of Leah like cleaning up her house before the robot cleans up her house. <laughs> sort of like I know some people who do hire um, cleaning services will. Oh no, my house is too dirty for the cleaning service that I'm paying to come in and clean. Uh, which is something that I would totally do mm-hmm. as well. I'd have to like clean up ahead of time. So I think that. I don't think that the world is ready necessarily for robot um, assistance to that extent where they're doing all of these chores. The robotic butler, I think, is still a ways off. But the the foldy mate, please let it be around the corner. The true, the one true laundry folding robot, let it be around the corner. Yeah, like that perches on the top of the dryer and opens the dryer door and picks the clothes yes. out one by one. And there's machine learning because we've seen that there's like, like machine learning that it's got little like spidery arms and it goes boop, 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 and it's all folded and it puts it in a basket. Like I could <laughs> see it's just this doesn't seem to be it. And the, the robot straightener, it's kind of like a Roomba, a 3D, 3D Roomba where it's looking around your whole house and being like, oh, I I could pick that up. I could put that in the hamper and all that. I'm not opposed to that idea, but it seems like it's maybe, I don't know, 10 years too soon for that. Mm -hmm, Something like mm -hmm. that. Um, Also, it does seem like it's for those like at the price that it is it's like literally for when your butler is sleeping <laughs> this is the only you use this as the backup for when the butler that you obviously pay <laughs> to work full-time for you is not at the job and so you need a robot to fill in the gaps when the butler's not around it seems like that kind of product right now you said you started talking about a robot butler and all i could think of was like oh my gosh what would batman do if alfred weren't around would he oh, have no. a robot butler that butler and then i was like no that wouldn't happen no tony <laughs> stark would yeah tony stark tony would stark but, has one he has jarvis yeah batman wouldn't uh batman can pick up his own laundry i'm sorry that's just <laughs> i think that's an axiom it's, it's all black so it's, it's easy to wash yeah yeah, yeah. true I, I guess the only way that I could see a folding robot being truly useful, well, first of all, it wouldn't have to be a situation where you're inserting one piece of clothing at a time and it's folding it and you're waiting. It would have to be a... I dump the entire laundry basket into this thing yeah. and it just deals with it. Yeah, picks them up one at a time, goes, what is this? This is a shirt. Do, 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 boop, folded, right? That's what it, that's what it yeah. needs to be. I could see us exactly. getting there. That, that could happen someday. I don't like folding laundry either, Micah, by the way. I'm, I'm with you. I like doing Ugh, the laundry, but the I hate worst. the folding. I can't. I just, it, it, yes. I, I actually have been barred from folding laundry in our house by my wife. She's like, no, you, no. Oh, She's like, you do, it, you, do it, you do it wrong. You'll lie. No, right? I'm like, no, no. Oh, what a shame that I do not have the ability to fold laundry anymore but i was apparently very bad at it and hated it which is probably why i was bad at it or maybe you weren't actually bad at it and you're just a con man she doesn't listen to this show so let's know i'm truly terrible at it um uh one other bit bit of robotry that i i wanted to mention uh that steven i think didn't note i don't know if steven saw this there was a thing called the fun puppy one at ces which is not fun and not a puppy um or the 90 fun puppy one um it's a it's a a suitcase that's also a segue and the idea is that it follows you around so that you don't have to roll your suitcase around which i know people who have especially back problems who have to roll their suitcase around and they're and and it can be a big problem with a heavy suitcase trying to move it around but anyway so this company's like we've got it solved we've got a segway platform with a suitcase on it 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 looks where you're going and it follows you or it follows the uh the transponder you put in your pocket anyway so they demoed it at ces in the park lot and guess what it totally doesn't work it falls over it runs away when you're like wait come back suitcase and is otherwise a disaster so among the things that robots aren't solving for us this week being autonomous luggage is on that list so just i wanted to mention that one too i can't believe you missed that steven there's a there's there's runaway robot luggage out there in somewhere in las vegas right now run away run away <laughs> It's, it's safer that way. Let's take a break. Uh, let me tell you about our other sponsor this week. It's Backblaze. If your computer crashed right now, what would you lose? Think about what you could lose. I was thinking about this. We had a bunch of terrible uh, fires in my area earlier this year, and my wife and I started talking about, like, what will we take? And I started to think about data, and what do I have that's only local in my house on a backup, and what is in the cloud that's safe because it's somewhere else? Offsite backup is important. Um, even if you backed up your computer 
computer, you might lose documents, projects, contracts, all your family photos, all sorts of stuff. If it's not backed up somewhere, you may lose it and not ever get it back. Uh, fire can be incredibly damaging to electronics. You basically lose your data if, it, if, the, uh, if the drive burns. Um, even months later after a disaster, you may realize there's a file you need and find out you don't actually have it anymore. You can avoid all the stress, all the worry, and ensure that your data is going to be safe when you sign up for Backblaze. Backblaze offers unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs for $5 a month. $5 a month for total peace of mind. It will back up your documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, projects. Everything you need to protect will be backed up in the cloud with Backblaze. It's not just for catastrophic data disasters either. If you make a mistake, you delete something by accident, you, you change something and it's really bad and you're like, oh no, I wish I had the old version of this file. You can do that too. It also means that if you're anywhere where there's a web browser or on your phone, you can access your backup file. So you didn't bring that file with you, but you know you had it on your computer. It got backed up to the cloud and then you can bring it down somewhere else and get to that file. I've done that. It is a really cool feature to be able to get retrieve that file that you forgot to sync with a cloud service or something like that or put it on your laptop for travel or whatever. Um, if you have a complete system failure, you can actually have Backblaze send you all your data on a hard drive. You won't have to download it uh, from the cloud very slowly over your internet connection. They will even ship it to you overnight so you can get back up and running almost immediately. Um, Backblaze has restored more than 20 billion files. That's a lot of return documents, a lot of holiday photos saved. There are no gimmicks here. There are no additional charges. $5 a month complete backups. Don't risk losing your files. Go to backblaze.com slash download FM to get a full 15-day free trial and let them know you came from the show. And if you already use Backblaze, tell your system admin at work to hit the business backup link at the top of the page. Don't put it off any longer. Backblaze.com slash download FM. That's backblaze.com slash download FM. Back up your files and get total peace of mind. Thank you, Backblaze, for supporting download. Uh, There are cars... At CES, I want to mention that it's not just an electronic show, it's a car show. If, if you've never been to CES, they're just like whole giant convention center rooms of cars. And uh, NVIDIA released a new system on a chip or announced it. it. It was weird. This is totally CES. They said they, I, I guess they acknowledged its existence last year and said that it exists and showed it this year, neither of which is shipping it per se, but CES existence, it, it, it's a real existential show. You don't really know if anything exists when you see it at, C, at CES. Anyway, NVIDIA's chip is supposed to help uh, car makers build self-driving cars because it's got super, it's a small, uh, low power system on a chip for self-driving cars and there are a whole bunch of concept cars there we talked about kind of the equivalent of concept cars earlier oh the concept cars are there too electric cars self-driving cars cars covered in screens on the inside so uh, if you want to go to las vegas and not see uh, computers you can see cars because they have those there too um i'm not sure i want the technology industry being heavily involved in my uh in the design of my future cars but it's going to happen i guess uh, Leah, you, you're more equipped to, to handle this. <laughs> I know you like cars and, uh, whenever we were at CES together, all those years ago, I know you wanted to be driving the cars. So ha- have any stuck out to you this year? Has, has there been any that, or at least maybe any technologies that stuck out to you? Uh, actually, correction, I wanted to be driven by the cars. See, that's, oh. that's good. I was going to break it to you that driving cars at CES no longer allowed. They drive you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I haven't been keeping my finger on the automotive beat for CES as well as I probably should have this year, but that's partially due to the fact that the Detroit Auto Show takes place right after CES, and they have a lot of the same things there now, which is kind of fascinating to me because all of these cars that used to be just like, look at this cool car, and now they're getting into the technology side of it, even in just the automotive industry show. Um, but I haven't seen anything that has knocked my socks off, really, um, from CES. I know that, was it was it last year that like the Faraday car was shown yeah. off mm-hmm. and everybody freaked out? I haven't heard anything. There was nothing that um, stood out to me or that really 
seem to amp up that much excitement and there's just there's so many concept cars there now and they're they're so far into the future and they're not realistic and i kind of think that's why people aren't paying attention to it as much yeah now. There, there's a new fisker but it's not the old fisker it's the it's the guy fisker but not the old fisker car company because i think it went bankrupt and and was its assets were bought by something else, but the guy Henry Fisker is back with a new car called Emotion. Like, get it? Huh? It's Emotion, but it's also E and Motion. Yeah, and it's like one hundred thirty thousand dollars if it ships, and it's got like total uh, gull wings, like uh, DeLorean or something. And uh, he says it's going to have four hundred miles of range. Uh, it's. I think it's no more unrealistic than any other non-shipping product that's more of a concept at CES. Look if. If you're listening to this and you're thinking about why do we keep talking about things not being real at CES, this is the thing about CES is its biggest problem, I think, is you don't know what's real and what's not because a lot of stuff at CES is not a product. It might be a product. So many products that are the big news at a CES never ship, not not just don't ship for a year, don't ship in the year that CES is starting, but never ship. Some of them ship late in the year. Some Some of them ship a year or two later. So one of the hard things about covering CES is that there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of kind of intrigue about, oh, this is the future. Show us something that we'll, the robot butler will get in 2028. But um, as for reality, there's less of that there. There's a lot, not as much reality at CES. So, yeah, there was a, another Fisker car. So you can, there, there. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh let's let's uh let's talk about something else for a minute which is a story you might have missed something that might have flown into the radar with all this ces coverage uh probably a good time to announce that your company is having severe trouble because everybody's looking at ces oh. that's what happened oh. with go gopro everyone's favorite action camera company it launched huh, steven it launched its own drone <laughs> no in 2016 uh the the karma drone underwent a complete recall call and by the time it made it back to the market uh the drone maker and leader dji selling products in the size and class as gopro making it even tougher for gopro to make a uh, go of it <laughs> uh, oh, the i laugh at the bad jokes because no one else will <laughs> this week uh gopro announced it quits it's done it's not gonna do dr the drones anymore and it laid off hundreds of people they also announced they're reducing the pay of the ceo to one dollar after the company lost 373 million dollars in 2016 and struggled again in 2017 he said the company will return to profitability and growth in the second half of 2018 but there are also reports that the company has put itself up for sale now i don't know enough about gopro GoPro and the health of that company to say about its future. But I will just say, I remember another company that kind of invented a product category and was flying high and ended up getting bought and was dead like a year or two later. And that was Flip, <laughs> Flip Video. Mm -hmm. And when I re read these stories about GoPro, I think to myself, oh no, oh no, is it going to happen again? Is Hopefully Cisco won't be the ones. They already did this once to buy GoPro this time and then kill it. But um, these companies that we think are amazing because they make a category-defining product, sometimes they don't make it. Sometimes they get their lunch eaten and, and they just get swept away. And, you know, I hope GoPro kicks around i i can tell you that i know people who really love gopro's products and they they're very excited about the brand name but obviously that wasn't enough to get them uh success in drones so it's tough out there i feel bad for for gopro but i don't know the dgi drones are great by all accounts right so yeah i think that's i mean that ends up being being what happens there is like if if you find you're not the the best in a certain field and you end up just losing a bunch of money then you kind of gotta if you can't beat them then leave them i guess because it's not join them that's for sure interesting interesting um well, we've covered a lot in this episode about CES and the big stories at CES, TVs and robots and voice assistants um, and cars a little bit. Is there anything we haven't covered that you all think we should mention? Well, I, yes. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Lay it on me, Micah. That was quick. Now, what do you think would be the, the most perfect, most important, most necessary addition to your smart home if you guessed a a bluetooth speaker 
enabled toilet that offered bidet functionality, a foot warmer, and a a rump warmer, then you guessed correctly, because Kohler uh, has a line of of products. It's the Kohler Connect line. And one of their products, the Numi Smart Toilet, uh, has a Bluetooth speaker built into it. It also can tell when you're approaching the toilet and automatically opens up and then closes when you walk away. You can have your own preset for your perfect um, uh, cleansing uh, ritual after you use the restroom. Uh, Again, it warms your tushy. It also has a built-in nightlight that has ambient sensors. Uh, Again, it warms your feet as well with the, the foot warmer that's built into the base of it. This is the most ridiculous thing that I've come across, and I think it's terrific in its ridiculousness. Uh, so I don't know about you, but apparently there are people out there who like the idea of jamming away while they're... Oh, Micah. Oh, no. I, 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 was, I, I don't like the speaker idea, but the smart toilet stuff, I don't know. Why not? Why not, I say? But the speaker, do your, does your toilet need a speaker? No, it does not, Jason. Maybe, your toilet it, does maybe not it's need a Sonos. Speaker. Maybe we get some Sonos compatibility in there so you can sync so all the, all the speakers in your house are playing the mm. same music, including your toilet. Is it that far from listening to a podcast in the shower? Is it is it so much yes. worse than that? That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Or maybe I just don't think it's bad uh-huh. because I do it. Uh, someone did point out that for those individuals who may have uh, what's the word? Oh no, uh, anxiety, performance anxiety, because people can hear them uh, re- mm-hmm. relieving themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, everybody relieves themselves, so it's fine. But anyway, uh, if you if you are uncomfortable with that, then you know you could play like. The girl from Impanima, uh, while you use the restroom and nobody can hear it. I personally think that it'd be great if you just recorded like uh, a ringtone almost. It's just repeat that just says, I am not urinating. I am not urinating. And then you could just play that from the toilet while you're actually, you know, urinating. Because uh, they both would achieve the same Noise thing. Noise canceling so. algorithms are important, Ooh, Micah, to make it sure cool. that when you're using the toilet, no one can hear it. It's completely silent. But if no one can hear you use the restroom while you use it, are you actually using it? Uh, that is not a philosophical <laughs> question I expected from this episode of Download but I really should have seen it coming. Um, before we go, I'm going to bring up our Fuzzy Puppy, puppy update. This was the CES edition of the Fuzzy Puppy, which means it's a product that may not be shipping and isn't actually fuzzy and is not really a puppy, but kind of. Um, okay, Sony is bringing the Ibo back. That's right. The robot dog of yore from the 90s is coming back. There's a revised version of the Ibo. Looks more like a dog, a little bit less like iRobot. Um, it's got four legs like a dog does. It's got a tail like a dog. It can shake. It can sit on command. There's a camera inside its nose that can be used as a security camera when you aren't home. Ha ha. And uh, it's got a uh, quad core CPU like um, no other dog. <laughs> Uh, it's got built-in LTE and Wi-Fi, so it's always connected. It's got motors and gyroscopes to augment 22 different articulated parts. Uh, it's got a speaker so that it can do little robotic yips and yaps like dogs do uh, less robotically. Four microphones to pick up your voice commands. It's probably a voice assistant, quite honestly, if you want it to be. I don't think it will hold your beer. It's definitely not fuzzy, but it is very CES. So welcome back, Robot Dog. Um, so get a Robot Dog when you're not by your smart toilet and this is why people hate the tech industry is what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) i wonder i I wouldn't mind i think it'd be interesting to see uh how my actual real flesh and blood dogs would react to a robot dog we're calling them non-robot dogs now micah non-robot dogs oh okay that's not a future i want to be a part of (laughs) Uh, it is a it is a good question. Yeah, I mean the Ibo. I think it's fun. I think it's like the uh, like the the Sphero BB-8 and R2D2 and all that. It's like a fun toy. It's like a little autonomous uh, toy thing that roams around your house. That's uh, kind of that's fun. It's fun. It's nice. People were really sad when the old Ibos were discontinued because they had them and loved them, and especially in Japan. And there was like a whole like people were three D printing replacement parts for them and stuff because Sony wasn't supporting them anymore and they didn't want them to die amazing um so let me tell you what to look out for in the week ahead as we wrap up here every tech reporter that you read regularly will be 
unconscious in bed with flu from CES. So don't don't read anything because they won't they won't be there. You got to stick with us, the people who did not go to CES next week. That's when we shine. And that's it for this CES edition of Download. Silly though it was, I think we covered a lot of ground here. Uh, so so Leah Becerra, where can people find the stuff that you do? Um, you can find the stuff that I do at KansasCity.com or, um, or just head over to my Twitter because I'll tweet something eventually. What's your Twitter? At Leo Becerra. Look at that. That's the perfect uh, Twitter there. <laughs> Micah Sargent, where can people find the stuff you do? Uh, you can check out most of the stuff that I do by going to a little website. It's www.chihuahua.coffee. That's C-H-I-H-U-A-H-U-A.coffee. Um, if you just it's want real. to follow along with my ridiculous ramblings, then uh, Twitter's the best place for that. That's that's non-robot dog dot, <laughs> dot robot. Coffee. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Uh, Stephen Hackett, thank you for uh, assembling so many CES stories for us to talk about this week. I appreciate it. You bet. I'm going to go uh, take a shower in my uh, smart shower that... <laughs> Has Alexa With built-in built in Bluetooth speakers. That's right. It it uh, turns on the water when it sees you coming and uh, yeah. opens but the it can't, door. But it can't wash me unless I stand on the sensors directly. It's not the robot butler will wash you. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> if you let it. Uh, or maybe if you don't. Dystopia. All right. That's it for this week. We are out of here. I'm Jason <laughs> Snow. I've been your host. We'll watch the headlines so you don't have to. And uh, feel better, all you CES uh, attendee tech reporters. We'll see you next week.